Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist to that business news. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub, and sometimes we cover haircuts as well. <laughs> that was a great lead in to our story, which is uh, our Barber's episode, actually, our annual Barber Gratitude episode of the year. September is a haircut month, I believe. I don't know if you did this on purpose or... First of all, I, I do everything on purpose unless I do it on accident and it's not good. So the term barber... I've heard people say that barbers only for people that cut men's hair. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I think that's the implication. Okay. When someone says barber or barber shop, they're referring to a male, not necessarily a male haircutter, but a haircutter for men. See, I never know because you'll hear haircutter, hairstylist. I never know what to say. So I just say, the girl that cuts my hair. And it, always sound, it always sounds awkward, but that's the only way I know how to describe it. I always say the person that cuts my hair because who knows if it's a man or, or a woman. You don't see gender. You're better than I am. <laughs> what I say is just, you know, the animate object that cuts my hair, just in case it's a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone that listened to our last episode, you went into, after your Bank of America experience, you went to a virtual haircutting spot where they, yeah, it was just a, a person on a camera and they... <laughs> robot cut your hair or they directed me how to cut my own hair yeah that'd be impressive so where i didn't even look to where this was located oh pennsylvania of course isn't the title but okay <laughs> yeah i didn't look at the title so we have this self-described high-end gentleman's barber shop at least it's how it's described on its website and what basically long story short they had a woman who came in to the barber shop to get a haircut specifically a fade and she was turned away because they said that and the funny part is the person that turned her away was a woman okay they only cut their exclusively men's haircuts like i said it was funny because it's a woman who turned this woman away but like they said it's we're a gentleman's barbershop we only cut men's hair and you will not be able to get your haircut here it's kind of a slap on the wrist a 750 dollar fine which I guess that adds up for haircuts, but I think they did pretty well with that. I mean, if that's what the fine is, I think they can handle that. Yeah, of course they can handle it. And, and vice versa. Well, actually I had a barber tell me it's like, you know, and he happened to be male and obviously trained. I know actually, no, she was, she was female. Now, now that I remember who told me this, she was saying that a lot of stylists are not trained to cut men's hair. I mean, apparently there's there's a better market or a, you know more money in styling women's hair than than men's, but a lot of times when they go to training and, and you know whatever school they go to barber school or what have you, they spend very little time on learning how to cut men's hair, and and I think for our purposes I think you know physically the it's the heads are the same, but just from a perspective of the types of haircuts that men get versus women, I think that's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, what goes to this concept, why this particular woman went to this this gentleman's barbershop, because she wanted to get a fade, which was is more traditionally for a, a men's style haircut. So it kind of fits that kind of concept that you're going to the barber that is trained in that kind of type of haircut. Yeah, I mean, and not to generalize or do any sort of stereotype, but typically men's haircuts are shorter. That's so sexist. <laughs> <laughs> 
just it's observational. It's not even sexist. It's but typically shorter. There's and I would think it's not as difficult. And and women's haircuts are typically women have longer hair than men, and it's probably more. And I guess this is the biggest thing. Anytime a girl's haircut's been screwed up, it seems like it's the end of their life. And if a guy's haircut gets screwed up, it's like, eh, well, it sucks, but I don't I mean, I'll figure it out. You can always just shave it off or something. Well, that's the thing. Guys get haircuts much more frequently, typically, than women do. I mean, that's that's part of it. Every sentence there was pretty much a sexist <laughs> comment. So I'm just going to move on from that. I, I have no... I don't endorse anything that you just said, but... That's fine. Despite that, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> So what's, so what's interesting here is gentlemen's barbershop, how they describe a high-end gentleman's barbershop, this isn't the only business that caters to one gender or the other, right? And and in this case, in Pennsylvania, the state, you know, they, they ended up fining them $750 for gender discrimination. And frankly, that's that could be mild compared to what other businesses may, you know, may encounter, you know, through an actual full-fledged lawsuit. And, you know, the, the comments that they said are obviously they're not represented because these comments are such that just kind of begs more of these legal issues. For example, you know, we don't discriminate against men here. We don't stop them from joining, she explains. We tell them that there's only women here and most of them don't join. I'm not sure why they might want to join here, but we wouldn't stop them. That whole statement is totally counter to the woman turning that person away. Yeah. And she's like, I'm a barber. That's what I specialize in. She told the newspaper, that's why I work here. I don't cut women's hair, you know? So she went into this job thinking I'm never going to have to cut women's hair. But, you know, look, those kind of statements are are not very helpful. Yeah. I mean, and uh, <laughs> a gym's going to have different concerns than a barbershop. I think there's some issues with privacy at a, at a gym and barbershop. I mean, my only thought would be is there, if it's only men, is there a women's restroom? But if there's a woman that cuts hair there, then they're, well, maybe it's just a unisex restroom. I don't know, but. Well, yeah, that's what they should do, a unisex restroom instead of, a, you know, a gender specific. At a gym, you're going to have locker rooms. It's a whole different ball game. I mean, I think there'd be a problem if there was a unisex locker room at the gym. I think they would run into some issues with that. So so let's talk about the the law for a second here. I mean, we're kind of kind of dancing around it, but. Here's the deal is that if you have a business, and by the way, there are state specific laws, and I, we'll, we can talk about that in a second, but we're talking about federal law here, is that under Title VII, which is the so a part of the Civil Rights Act, if it is a business of a public accommodation, and what a business is, whether a business is considered a public accommodation is a whole question in itself. But just to make it simple, traditionally, these are things like restaurants, you know, retail stores, barber shops would, would fall into that category, even gyms for, uh, to a certain extent, right? Even if it's a private gym, even if you, you know, it's an exclusive gym that is very high end or whatever, these can still be public accommodations, except when there's a public accommodation, generally you can't discriminate based upon gender, but sometimes there's a legitimate business purpose towards that. And so as an example, the right to privacy is implied, can be implied in certain, you know, types of situations such as a women's only gym. And so it, it changes the context a little bit. Just as a quick reference, there was a, you know, this reminded me of that company in San Diego, right? Chic <laughs> CEO, is that what it is? Chic CEO, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Chic CEO. You always have so much trouble with that. I know, it's my bad. I'm familiar with this, the case that they were involved in. I mean, there's a lot more people that are familiar with it now because it's actually gr- gained quite a, quite the momentum with, 
you know, across these major websites and, and I think CNN, Yahoo, things like that. But this was a, what Chic CEO is, is a, a women's entrepreneurial group caters to women. They held an event. I don't want to mis- misstate any of the facts, but more or less what happened was they held this event gear, you know, marketed towards women. A couple men showed up or turned away for whatever reason. And then those men turned around and sued because and sued Chic CEO because they weren't allowed into the event, which was supposedly a women only event. And yeah. And so let's put the actual facts aside for a second, right? Just from a conceptual perspective of what the organization is trying to do. And, and by the way, in that particular case, both sides had its arguments. And that, that case, I think, has been since been settled. But yeah, the bottom line is here, okay, this organization, this women's gym, this barbershop all has certain objectives to create a certain environment that is, it's, it's again, not for the purpose of excluding one gender or the other, but creating an environment for one or the other. But it's a fine line because, of course, if you're creating an environment for one group, it's by definition creating a anti-environment for that other group. And so it's very difficult to do, right? And so anytime, you know, uh, by the way, in California and other states, it doesn't it doesn't stop at just gender. Everything from every protected class, whether it's age, family, family status, or sexual orientation, these things you have to start thinking about when you start actually creating in this environment that excludes people. And the main trick is, is that you can create an environment, but you have to be able to open it. So like, for example, you can create an environment that is more appealing to men or a certain type of men. But if a woman comes in and wants a haircut, then it might just be easier for you to accommodate that, that person that wants to get a haircut rather than face a 750000 I'm sorry, $750 fine or a lawsuit or a class action lawsuit that can spiral out, out of control. Yeah, especially when you can do the work. I mean, she said she came in for a haircut typically done for that. I'm assuming that the barber does on a frequent basis. I, mean, I don't think it was going to be an issue if somebody... I can't see an issue of a guy walking into that barber shop and being, oh, I'm taking my business elsewhere because I see a woman in here. <laughs> like, eh. I mean, so th- these are tough. I mean... For for businesses that kind of cater towards these different protected classes, I mean, it's a tough thing to handle. I mean, you're obviously better off just not even addressing it at all, not even making those claims at all. But, you know, on the flip side, if a business, the main reason they're getting customers is because they are catering to a specific type of person like uh, women only or, uh, you know, whatever, then it's a fine line they have to walk. Yeah. So speaking of California and this particular case with Chic CEO, it's not uncommon, especially in California, because they have a particular statute that describes discrimination relating to these diff- different classes for these, you know, for businesses and you know everything from national orientation to religion. We covered that. But the concept here is they actually permit plaintiffs to recover attorney's fees. And the significance of that is that means that automatically you're going to have attorneys that are going to be looking for these cases. So even if there may not be any real, real effective damage, you know, beyond maybe a certain incident or, or what have you, or maybe it was, you know, unintended or a mistake or whatever, that one incident could cause a full-fledged lawsuit that you're going to have to defend because the attorney has an, has an incentive to, to win and get you because of that attorney's fees. And that also means that attorney, attorneys are going to be more willing to take these on contingency and defend or plaintiffs that are, you know, not necessarily have enough money to pay for an attorney would, would be able to find an attorney to take on this case. 
Yeah, if anything, it's kind of almost an, an incentive for for the lawsuit to be filed if they know that, and, and if the law's protecting them, it's a tough break for these different these businesses. So anyway, so gender discrimination, you're you're for it or against it? Because I I don't think you stated your policy like very clearly. Like you're kind of avoiding it from like a political candidate. Gender discrimination, definitely against that discrimination. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure you're not flip flopping, you know. Actually, you know what? I do hate men, so <laughs> what is the Seinfeld is it I think it's is it sexist or racist? I think it's racist when Jerry says, How can I be racist? If I like that race, there was, it's something to that effect. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, I think it was sexist, though. I, I can't remember. You're, you're right. It's basically like, how can I be sexist or racist if I'm saying something positive about that sex or race? Yeah. Which is a good point. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, I, th- I think that's it for me. I don't know if you have anything else to add. Not at this time. As of right now, we might be on a little bit longer break than normal, but we'll possible we might be back at the normal time so we'll just have to yeah well i'm i'm trying to convince matt to do an episode by himself with his imaginary friend or or a real friend whichever he can get first yeah where i just think out loud for 15 (laughs) minutes i think you should do an, an episode at least one episode or two while i'm gone that would be nice i'll try to got some some people i'm gonna reach out to see if we can make it work who knows we'll see suspense all right guys thanks for joining us yep keep it sound keep it smart this has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast, The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.